Hello, and welcome to Hear Hear, a music appreciation podcast for kids. I'm Bill Snyder, and on today's episode, hip-hop and how it got that way. Dan Davis brings us a look at the story of the DJ who started the sounds that eventually became hip-hop, what makes up the culture of hip-hop, and a lesson in beatboxing. is all about hip-hop and how it got that way. Hip-hop is an American form of music, a kind of music that has its roots in Jamaica, but it started here in the USA, in New York City to be precise. Let's start at the beginning. It's said that hip-hop traces its roots directly to the Bronx, specifically at one particular party in the basement of 1520 Sedgwick Avenue in Morris Heights. On August 11, 1973, at a back-to-school party, DJ Cool Herc used two copies of the same record on two turntables, using a mixer much like DJs and clubs did at the time, but he did something a little different. He mixed the music in the middle of a song, without the lyrics, over and over again on two copies of the same record, to extend the best parts of the record. Cool Herc termed this the merry-go-round style of mixing. Some say this was the birth of hip-hop. Here we present the journey of young Clive Campbell, and his journey from Jamaica to New York City to becoming one of the founding fathers of hip-hop. (laughs) (laughs) When the beat was born, DJ Cool Herc and the creation of hip-hop by Laban Carrick Hill. Clive loved music. It didn't matter what kind, whether it was a wah-wah scat of a jiving trumpet, a sorrowful twang of sad voice, or the belting boom of a gospel singer. Little Clive loved the way sound thumped and bumped all the way down in his stomach. He loved the way the music made his feet go Hip, hip, hop, hippity hop. Little Clive lived in Kingston, Jamaica. His hero was a DJ named King George, who threw the biggest and baddest house parties in the neighborhood of Somerset Lane. On Saturday nights, everybody who was anybody made their way to Somerset Lane for King George's hot dance parties. Little Clive was too young to go to the parties, so he went to the house when King George and his friends were setting up during the day. They'd arrive pushing a big old handcart stacked with crates of records. Clive had never seen so many records. He imagined himself as a DJ, surrounded by all those records, choosing just the right song to get the party jamming. He saw himself toasting like a DJ, talking and singing over the instrumental B-sides of records. Clive dreamed of everyone's feet going hip, hip, hop, hippity hop. Little Clive really wanted to be a DJ. When little Clive was 13, he joined his mama in New York City. 
Clive wasn't sure he liked his new neighborhood in the Bronx. It was cold. He had to wear a silly winter hat with ear flaps, and everybody made fun of him. But Clive did find one thing besides music that made him feel like he belonged, sports. He ran track and lifted weights. He played basketball at the neighborhood playground. Soon, little Clive was no longer little. He had grown to six foot five inches tall. He called himself Cool As Clyde after his favorite basketball player, Walt Clyde Frazier. But the kids on the basketball court took one look at his size and called him Hercules. Clive cut the name short to Herc and then added cool to make it just right. Cool Herc. The best part of being big was that he could go with his mama to neighborhood house parties where he listened to the hottest tunes and danced like crazy. Clive loved these parties. They were just like the ones he stood outside of on Somerset Lane. One day, Cool Herc's father bought a monster sound system with giant six-foot speakers. But when he hooked up the system, instead of a really big sound coming from the speakers, a little mumbling sound trickled out. Cool Herc spent days switching wires and plugging things into other things until one day the sound was big. Not just big like Cool Herc, but big like an entire block in the Bronx. Cool Herc and his little sister Cindy rented the rec room in their housing project on Sedgwick Avenue. They hand wrote invitations telling everybody when and where to get their groove on. They posted cards around the neighborhood. They set up their father's sound system. On the night of the party, everybody who was anybody made their way to Sedgwick Avenue for Cool Herc's hot dance party. That's when Cool Herc became DJ Cool Herc. DJ Cool Herc noticed that dancers danced crazy hard during the breaks in the song when the lyrics ended and the music bumped and thumped. Herc knew that's what dancers wanted, so he plugged in two turntables instead of one. He put the same record on both turntables. He set it up so that when one record ended its break, he could flip over to the other turntable and play it again. Doing this over and over, he made a 10-second break last for 10, 15, even 20 minutes or more. Herc remembered the way DJs in Jamaica would chant and toast over the music. He started calling out the names of his friends during the breaks. There goes my mellow Coke LaRock in the house. There goes my mellow Clark Kent in the house. There goes my mellow Timmy Tim in the house. There goes my mellow Bambata. Everybody loved hearing his or her name called out over the music. He'd compliment people on their dance moves. He'd talk about the music and send shout-outs. He'd make up little raps like the jump rope rhymes he heard on the playground. Or he would call, Hey, Mike on the lights, make like a strobe. And Mike would flip the switch on and off. Over the next year, Herc took his parties to the streets and parks of the Bronx. He plugged his sound system into the lampposts. They pulled so much power that the streetlights dimmed. The perfect lighting for a street party. Cool Herc's music made everybody happy. Even street gangs wanted to dance, not fight. 
gangs like the Savage Skulls, the Glory Stompers, the Blue Diamonds, the Black Cats, and the Black Spades turned into breakdancing crews who performed some of the sickest moves. Herc called the coolest dancers breakdancers or b-boys because they loved to dance to the breaks. When Herc would find a really good break, he'd shout, B-boys go down! Then the breakdancers would cut and jump their gymnastics. Hey, hey, check this out. The top rock, the down rock, the turtle, the windmill, one-handed handstand freeze, the suicide. Herc gathered a crew of friends to rap behind his DJing. He invited Coke Rock, a Jamaican friend, to rap. He called him his Master of Ceremonies, or MC. Coke knew all about toasting, like Jamaican DJs. He was the first of Herc's crew of MCs, called the Herculoids. Herc would introduce them with a rap. You rock and you don't stop. And this is the sounds of DJ Cool Herc. And the sound system you're listening to is what we call the Herculoids. Soon, kids from all over New York City came to see DJ Cool Herc, who threw the biggest and baddest parties on Cedric Avenue. Africa Bambada, Grandmaster Flash, Jazzy Jeff, and dozens of others all wanted to be DJs just like Cool Herc. There's no story can't be told. There's no horse that can't be rode. A no bull can't be stopped. And ain't a disco we can't rock. Herc, Herc, who's the man with the master plan from the land of Gracie Grace? Herc, Herc. Herc didn't just rock the block. He put the hip, hip, hop, hippity hop into the world's heartbeat. Our thanks to Ben Ortiz from the Cornell Hip Hop Collection for coming in to read When the Beat Was Born. We asked him to talk a little bit about the collection, what it is, what it does, and what it means to hip hop history. Cornell Hip Hop Collection is a collection of, of many different archives. What is an archive? An archive is a group of materials that can teach us something. We have artifacts in the archives. Now, what is an artifact? An artifact is anything you say it is. If we take your homework, if we take the paper that you wrote last week, if we take photographs of your family, and save them and preserve them for many, many years, hundreds of years. They will be artifacts that people in the future can learn something from. So we have a collection of over half a million artifacts that can teach us about hip-hop music and culture. I want kids to know that hip-hop is something that is really important Historically, I want kids to know that hip hop is more than just the five or six songs that they hear on the radio or on Spotify, wherever, at any given time. There's a long history of hip hop. And if you're interested in hip hop, it's important to learn about its history. There's no such thing as a real hip hop fan who doesn't care about its history. 
So everybody needs to learn their history. And that is a very, very hip hop thing. Lesson two. I like to know, are you really ready for some super dynamite soul? Hip-hop is not just a kind of music. It also refers to a style of dance and art as well as music. The four pillars of hip-hop developed spontaneously in the 70s and 80s by the people who were living the hip-hop lifestyle. Rapping, DJing, breakdancing, creating the style and graphics of graffiti still seen around the world today. Let's talk about uh, the four pillars of hip-hop. Yes. I refer to them personally as the four core artistic elements of hip-hop. Some people do call them pillars, tenets, or just the elements. I call them the artistic core elements because they're the things that were developed around the same period of time in the same communities by the same group of young people primarily. And these four art forms overlapped with one another and created hip-hop culture. Say to me, say, I am. I am. If you were born in New York City, let me hear you say, you know that. Somebody, anybody, help me scream. So, let's start with the one everybody knows, rapping or emceeing. That means speaking rhymes, poems, verses, lyrics, um, on beat to music. Sometimes these days you can hear it a cappella, which means there is no music. It takes a lot of different forms. Sometimes people sing their raps today, which is an interesting evolution of the art form. But basically, you're speaking rhymes to music. Lead, gold, tin, iron, platinum, zinc. When I rap, you think I die, nitrate, activate. Right, uranium. The only difference is I transmit sound. Balance with some balance, then you add a little talent in. Careful, careful with those ingredients. They could explode and blow up if you drop them and they hit the ground. Number two is DJing. Specifically, breakbeat DJing, which means using the percussion solo or duet or the breakbeat of a particular song, a section of a song that has no guitars, no horns, no singer, and extending that beat so that the rappers can rap to it. Later on, they developed something called scratching and turntablism, which means manipulating the music in a way that turns it into something new using a record player in an innovative way, kind of like a jazz instrument. Okay, so that's rapping and DJing. b-girling or breakdancing the b stands for break dancing to the break beats that the dj is providing so while the mc the rapper is on stage rapping to the break beats the dancers are in the crowd dancing to the break beats the music is so energetic the music is so hype 
as we say, that you have to really let loose. And these dancers get extremely creative and acrobatic and innovative, and they incorporate all kinds of different moves. Some of the moves, they're standing up. Some of the moves, they're down on the ground on all fours. Sometimes they're spinning on their elbows and their knees and their heads. And it's unlike anything you'd ever seen. It's kind of a mixture of James Brown's dancing style and a mixture of kung fu moves that they would see in a Bruce Lee movie and a mixture of jazz steps and tap steps and all sorts of things that go into this. And today, the art form of breakdancing or b-boying and b-girling is actually more popular than it ever has been. And then finally, we have the element of style writing. Sometimes it's called graffiti. Graffiti is the art form in hip hop that does not require an audience at the time you create the art. The audience looks at the art after you've created it. It's not a performance-based thing. What you're doing in graffiti is taking a word, a group of letters, and turning them into energetic objects. You're turning them into colorful murals or tags, kind of like logos. So think of graffiti as the way hip-hop looks. Think of b-boying and b-girling as the way hip-hop moves. And think of DJing and MCing as the way hip-hop sounds. Those four art forms make up the core of hip-hop culture. And they're held together by a glue. And the glue we call the fifth element. And that fifth element is knowledge. That means using these art forms to tell a story, to educate somebody, to express yourself, to make a point. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding, consciousness, point of view. That's really an important thing when it comes to using the hip-hop art forms. So those are the five core elements of hip-hop. Again, four of them are art forms, and the fifth one is the glue that holds it all together. Last forever. Hip means to know. It's a form of intelligence. To be hip is to be update and relevant. Hop is a form of movement. You can't just observe a hop. You gotta hop up and do it. Hip and hop is more than music. Hip is the knowledge. Hop is the movement. Hip and hop is intelligent movement or relevant movement. We selling the music. So write this down on your black books and journals. Hip, hop, culture is eternal. Run and tell all your friends. An ancient civilization has been born again. It's a fact. I come Every year I'm the strongest. KRS, Molly Mall. Yeah, we last the we're going to do a song that you never heard before. The torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. Lesson three. Got to have soul. Got to have, got to have, got to have soul. 
1983, the Fat Boys were featured in an ad campaign for the Swatch Watch brand. This put a technique known as beatboxing into the ears of the pop music public for the first time. Oh, Fat Boys. A year later, their self-titled debut album came out, featuring Big Buff Love, a.k.a. The Human Beatbox. Today, the Fat Boys are still cited as a big influence in the early years of hip-hop. His DJ name is Grandmaster Doc Mack. Never repeat it if we have to, once or twice. We're gonna take it from the bottom and straight to the top. So check it out, party people, it's the Human Beatbox. Making beats with your voice and your mouth was also a technique used by Dougie Fresh, Biz Marquis, and more recently by Rozelle with the Roots Crew. That's how we do it when we get funky up in this piece, huh? Eh? We just gonna drop a little sign like this. Got my funky drum on the side. And I'm Rozelle, like our father knows. And we gonna kick a little something like this. Check it. Because I'm known for the... Ladies and gentlemen, you are now witnessing the Incredibles. Come on. Beatboxing was a way for MCs to rap over beats without the use of turntables or expensive drum machines. Here we present a lesson in beatboxing from professional beatboxer Shockwave. You may have seen him before on PBS Kids' The Electric Company. Take it away, Shock. The first thing to realize in beatboxing is that you're using your body to do it, and everybody's body is different, and everybody's body is also an instrument, and that instrument is very special to you and it's unique so the thing to realize that you have lips and tongue and throat and breathing and you can hum there's all sorts of ways that you can do this and everybody does it differently so if you're if you're learning this from me or you're learning it from anybody else it's important to realize that you have your own voice and anything you do is right so with that in mind one of the the first things that i teach people is to get a hold of the basic beat and the basic beat is and that's the one and two and three and four and and it's very basic it's just the bass drum and the snare with a hi-hat in the middle and the two words that i teach is boots and cuts with boots you're saying the bass drum and you're also saying the hi-hat sound you're saying the and you're also saying the with cuts, you're saying the snare drum sound, and you're also saying the hi-hat sound again, like this. Cuts, cuts. So as I say the two words back to back, I'll start to slowly turn them into just sounds. And you do that by making the sounds of your lips more percussive, the sound of your tongue when you're saying the k a lot harder, and you're adding a little bit more breath and a little bit more of a grunt to it. And the most important part about the basic beat is keeping time. You don't want to get too excited and speed up, or you don't want to sort of daydream and slow down. You want to focus on that subdivision, that one and two and three and four and, and stay in time. Because if you're accompanying somebody else, you don't want to screw them up. So listen to me as I take boots, cuts, 
and slowly take away the sound of the word and add the sound of the beat. Boots, cuts, boots, cuts, boots, cuts, boots, cuts, boots, cuts, boots, cuts. And that's it. It's that simple. So if you start with the basic beat and sort of play around with it and find the different parts of your instrument that can make different sounds, you can take that basic beat and make it sound your own. Take a listen to how I will take that very basic beat and make it sound very different, but still doing the same beat. Boots, cuts, boots, cuts, boots, cuts, boots, cuts, basic beat if you want to take that advanced step and start adding different sounds i'll just throw a couple your way and see what you can do if you have a tongue like every other human you can make tongue pops and tongue clicks so experiment with your tongue and making different sounds things like this and then if you make your mouth a little bit more goop or goosh you can get a lower sound or if you flap your tongue down to the bottom of your mouth like this that's a whole nother sound Take that and put that with the basic beat. Or you can make all sorts of different other sounds. Just play with your own instrument and find out what you can do. Maybe even a baby cry. Or mm, an explosion. Or if you inhale and use the very back of your throat, you can get a sound like this. There you go. Try it yourself. Practice beatboxing with your friends and make up your own rhymes to go with the beats. I want to do my mouth sounds. It's kind of embarrassing. I just want to do it once. You rock and you don't stop.
episode was written and produced by WSKG's Dan Davis, featuring Ben Ortiz of the Cornell Hip Hop Collection and beatboxing by Shockwave. Special thanks to Tommy Kazmark and Brandon Beasley. Production assistance from Phil Westcott, Jackie Stapleton, and Sarah Gager. Edited by Crystal Siracus. Bill Snyder, executive producer. Find classroom activities, videos, and additional resources at our program page at WSKG.org. While there, submit your feedback or questions or share how you appreciate music. Perhaps you can beatbox or rap or breakdance. Find us on Facebook and tweet to us. We're at WSKG. I'm Bill Snyder. Thanks for joining us for Hear, Hear.